get one who could close our end. How about we all agree that it's way overdue to take back our lives? What's up, guys, and welcome into the Work Forever podcast. I am Roy Edwards, and today I am joined by a very special guest, one of my favorite guests on the previous podcast, so hopefully you guys are here turning in again, and this is uh, April Dunham. She is the Power Platform Advocate at Microsoft and is kind of a big deal around the SharePoint Microsoft 365 environment. So, April, thank you for, for joining me. Awesome. Well, thanks for thanks for having me on again. Happy to be here. Yeah. So I know that you know when I was talking about and thinking about ways that this podcast could go and how we could help people and post. You know, we started this like right as COVID was was going out. That was the original podcast, and it was like how are businesses innovating to you know combat life basically. And so now we're in a very different position, similar uh, as in that we're all still remote uh, for the most part. There is the return to work environment, but but businesses have kind of, they've been floating or hopefully doing more than that over the last couple of years, last two years. And now they've started to build uh, processes. They've been starting to build um, applications, maybe pushing Further into Microsoft 365, little Teams action became a pretty, uh, pretty big thing over the last couple of years. So what are some of the trends that you've seen over the last couple of years? We'll start with COVID as the beginning, that you're starting to see that enterprise and small business starting to take to with this new remote um, environment. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, a ton has changed since uh, since COVID. I think um, if if anything good came out of it, it's the fact that businesses are, are realizing that we uh, we don't have to go into the office to be productive and, and get stuff done. There's been several reports and studies uh, released out there that I have read up on, and uh, overwhelming kind of consensus is that people are actually more productive working remotely than they were working in offices. And I myself has worked uh, remotely for about eight years now. So um, I, I, I know that that's the case for, for me, at least. So I think um, a, lot, a lot of businesses are realizing that, um, you know, hybrid work or remote work or, you know, even four day work weeks and all these things are possible and it's possible to, to be productive and even more productive while doing so. Yeah. So I've been remote for, gosh, I don't know, a long time, maybe not eight years, but pretty close, pretty close to. And it was prior to COVID, it was kind of looked like a luxury. Like, how did you do that? You know, like, <laughs> how do you work from home? Don't you have so many distractions? Um, and I never really saw it as a distraction. And to your, to your point, those studies do show that members are more productive. They work longer hours. Um, there's like the uh, prior to COVID, there was like the remote worker guilt, right? Where it was like, I'm working from home, so I have to be more productive so that my boss doesn't tell me that I have to go back into the office kind of a thing. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. yeah. so has your work from home changed at all pre-COVID, post-COVID? Like, have, has, has it been kind of business as usual or how have you seen like your day-to-day -day interaction change? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's been kind of business as usual. I guess the only thing that's changed is, you know, I was used to working remote myself, but working with a lot of people that were in the office, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, adjusting to, um, you know, sticking to their work hour schedule now, since like pretty much everyone that I work with is also remote, um, I've seen, you know, adjusting to the fluctuation of hours. Um, we're not, I think that's the other beautiful thing about remote work is we're not having to stick to the typical, you know, eight to five, Monday through Friday timeframe hours. I know uh, Donna Sarkar, she's been experimenting with that as well as like, you know, kind of like flexible work hours and work when you're most productive. Um, so that's been the biggest adjustment, I guess, is just making sure that you are respecting people's preferred working hours since we're we're working remotely. And, and then also, you know, you mentioned um, where a lot of people are more productive and they're working more and, and being cognizant of, you know, I don't have to work, you know, like a six-hour right. work week to prove myself um, that I, you know, that this I can keep working remotely and, and thinking about that work-life balance. Yeah, that's been a big. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that that I've seen out of COVID or pandemic, whatever you want to call the last two years, is that organizations, not all organizations yet, hopefully they all do get there, but organizations have been more aware of the stress and um, the mental health of their employees and have gone out of their way to say, hey, you know, schedule breaks or take your PTO. Whereas prior to, it was like, what do you mean you're sick? Come into the office, you know? (laughs) So there was like that world where it was, you're exactly right. It was, okay, you're remote, I expect you to work longer hours or I expect you to be there when I call you or cloud computing and you know SharePoint, Power Apps and all these things. They put our work on our phones for better or for worse. So for some of us that meant, yay, I can you know work remote, I can be wherever and I can still get my workloads, my mission and it, it'll be accomplished. But for others that meant you're never not working. And so sometimes that was a bad thing. Uh, yeah. So post COVID you've seen people take, you know, I guess be more aware of people's mental health and work hours and cause for a while there, it was like you didn't call people in the six o'clock hour, right? I was listening to a podcast not too long ago that was like, you know, the dinner hour. It's it was it's odd to receive a call during the dinner hour, you know. But like, what is the dinner hour anymore? You know that those kind of lines have been kind of kind of uh, blurred there a little bit. So our, our um, I guess that kind of leads into the putting the putting things into your pocket, right? So have you seen any pushback from? Like organizations when they're, because I guess the, the, the what, I'm, what I'm getting at is like organizations are trying to get people back, some of them. And so is some of that pushback because of the productivity or what are the trends? That, are you seeing any trends in that as to why, what are, what are the key reasons why organizations might want to bring pe- people back with things like Power Apps, Power BI, Teams, all these th- tools that we have to enable remote and in, in those types of business environments yeah i mean i've i've seen the the main like reasons for wanting to go back into the office that i personally heard or seen out there in reports is you know all about um i guess culture and connection mm-hmm. right i mean uh i'm used to working you know remotely and then meeting with people but i do have to say i just came back from a team off-site meeting where i got to meet everyone that i've been working with for the past two years and seeing in these tiny boxes in person for the first time. And although I would never want to go back, you know, to a, you know, five day, you know, in office every day work week, that touch point of being able to actually talk with someone in person 
is you you have way more of a connection than talking, you know, through a Teams meeting or whatever, because you have those side conversations. You might, you know, go out to dinner or something or lunch, and you have those over lunch kind of conversations uh, in addition to your normal meeting times where you learn a lot about the person and you have a lot of creative ideas. So to me, that's like the biggest factor of maybe, you know, even having some kind of hybrid thing of going into the office once a month, once a quarter, is for that really personal connection piece. And so how can you combat that? Like, I know that not a, not all organizations even have an office anymore post-COVID, right? And so building yeah. a work culture and it, it gets difficult. I know it's not impossible and, and I've done a bunch of different podcasts on building remote culture, but what are some of the, what are some of the ways that we can combat that using like Microsoft tools? Yeah, let's say, I mean, technology obviously has a, a key play in that. And I think the way that we, um, using things like, um, you know, teams, obviously, you know, beyond just the scope of, of meetings and having um, interactive, some of the in-meeting applications for teams where you can ask leading questions and some of the polling. I think that's one thing that I notice with virtual meetings, right, is some people might feel like they don't have a chance to, to speak up, right? So like just making sure people are aware and having practices for your meetings to raise your hand and use the virtual raise a hand so that everyone gets a say and is able to, to speak up. And then some of the polling features that we have with Microsoft forums and things like that to really increase the interaction and engagement that we're already having in some of these virtual meetings. Yeah, I love Teams, which the, the what is it, the, the Garner, who does the, four quadrants things. Yeah, Garner. Yeah. They have teams like ranked it's if it's not the highest, it's one of the highest out there. Um, it's a great it's a great platform which has been around pre-covid and I guess it just kind of built up a lot of steam post-covid uh, for obvious reasons. You started to see like the NFL draft did it and uh, some of the other um, uh, sports organizations did their drafts via, which was which was which was pretty cool to see. Um, but I'm glad you brought up the hand raising because that that's something that I have always done, and it was kind of like scoffed at for like pre, you know, because yeah. everybody's in the office. And they're like, oh, hey, so and so, it looks like they're raising their hand. But anyone who's now been on a, which we all have, been on a virtual meeting where everybody's in their boxes. Talking over each other <laughs> is like mm-hmm. the death of a meeting, right? So, what are some of like? So, you mentioned the hand raise. Are there any other things that you use when you're doing your types of uh, uh, remote meetings that you find that are uh, beneficial just for for meeting flow? Yeah, de- definitely the hand raise. Again, it's like I, I know I often struggle with um, you know not wanting to interrupt people or, or knowing what I might place. So that personally for me has been really invaluable, but then also uh, the reaction. So if I'm just trying to get general feedback, if I'm talking about something, it's like, you know, what does everyone think of this idea? Maybe I don't have to like call everyone out to actually talk and give me feedback, but just like, give me a thumbs up if you think this is a good idea or a thumbs um, or something like that. You know, I think that those reactions that we have is really valuable as long uh, with the polling too. Cause you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people might not want to speak up or, or really say something, but they can answer a quick poll um, just to get that instantaneous feedback. Yeah, through like Microsoft Forms integrates directly into Teams, right? Yeah, Which I use that a lot. I love Microsoft Forms. At first, I didn't know really what to think of it. So I'm, like you, I come from the SharePoint world. And so the SharePoint to me was, you know, you had lists and you had forms and libraries. And I always use the lists and the forms as a way to, uh, you know, build up and build apps, right? Which is the way that it has evolved. But 
Um, so I was like very protective over my, my lists and my forms. <laughs> and uh, Microsoft came out with Microsoft Forms, which is a very easy way to build a form. And at first I was like, oh no, they're, they're stripping away SharePoint. What are they doing? They're bringing forms over here, lists are over here now. Everything is its own app. Um, but enter Power Platform and it's actually made things so much easier and so much more to manage where we use Microsoft Forms for external members as well. We use it as like QA forms, we'll, you know, bringing outside of meetings in. And you can allow external members to fill these out. So if you're on a meeting with, you know, a partner company or a client or something like that, you drop a form in there, they can fill it out and then you can run Power Automate flows to your lists and populate it. It's like, it opened up like a whole nother world, which is uh, really cool. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up forms. Um, and so when, I, this is a technical question, this is for me now, <laughs> when would you decide to use a form or a power or like a power app? Do you have like a, a theory or a flow to say, you know what, this should be a SharePoint list form. This should be yeah. a Microsoft form. This should be a power, uh, power app. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you already touched on one of the big first questions that I asked when trying to decide, and that is the audience. Like, is this for people like outside of my company or is it for like internal company use? So that's the first question I asked, because mm -hmm. as we know, you know, model driven canvas applications are really meant for, you know, in your 80 tenants kind of like inner company use. Um, of course, we have Power Pages now as well, which is mm -hmm. that kind of like public facing website. But to me, that's more of a, you know, like a big scale thing and not necessarily just for a simple intake form. Um, so if the audience is external, I mean, I'll kind of default to forms, but then also like complexity of the form and what you need to do. If it is just a simple sign up form or maybe a questionnaire, um, that's kind of what Microsoft Forms is geared towards. But if it's a complex form where you need to see, you know, like maybe embedded dashboards reporting and um, see like lists and filterable galleries of information and things like that. That's obviously clear Power Apps choice there. So it's really just complexity and audience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I, I follow that pretty similar as well. Um, complexity is, which there's so many things in Microsoft Forms now that used to require code or used to require lookup fields or like all kinds of different tools, InfoPath being being one of the, the fun ones back in the day. And now it's as simple as like, next question in, uh, <laughs> in Microsoft Forms. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many headaches spent over just that, uh, those types of things that are, really, that are really cool to see out of Microsoft Forms. And then SharePoint lists being pulled out as lists uh, is there an end game to that? Like, is that just for ease of use or is there something that we're going to see maybe down the line for Power Platform out of that? Or what's the, can you give me a peek behind the curtain on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think ultimately it is for ease of use and ease of integration. So, you know, I mean, without having that app on your phone to be able to pull up list and then even taking it beyond the scope of, you know, SharePoint traditionally and, and list and all that, we're very business focused. So, you know, with Microsoft list, I think you're kind of seeing a shift toward, yeah, obviously using it for the business scenarios, but even like personal um, scenarios as well, if you want to use that to kind of manage, um, like I actually use Microsoft list when I move to make a, a moving checklist of things that, that I needed to do, for example. Um, so there's that whole scope, uh, you know, kind of evolving to also be able to be kind of like a personal uh, productivity tool to be able to, to store information and data, but then also the integration side, right? Being able to easily and seamlessly consume 
those lists in Microsoft Teams, right? So if you're needing to, to have some kind of data repository to store information and collaborate um, with that in the team, that Microsoft List app and the integration makes it really seamless. Yeah, yeah. And there's a direct plug-in to Power Apps, right? We have exactly. Right. Yep. So like, it, it can really be, you know, like a backend, um, depending on you know what you're doing of your Power Apps applications and all that. Yeah, I, I, I like that's how I like to explain SharePoint lists is like it's an easy to manage database. You know, like you can do you can plug it into Power Apps, you can you can plug it into Power BI, and you can you can you say it a lot better than I do, but you can seamlessly use your uh, you, you know and consume your data. Uh, which gets into uh, back to what you had mentioned a couple minutes ago. Um, was this how you work and where you work and when you work? Now that we are consuming data in so many different ways and it's so easily done, where creating a Power BI dashboard pre 365 was a, a difficult thing to do. You had SharePoint, uh, you know, reports, and you had there was a lot of different ways to do it, and um, now. I feel like it's push button where you have, or it can be, but there are so many different, it's not always push button, uh, but, <laughs> but there's so much more that we can do with our data now, which helps reinforce the remote environments where we can work wherever and we can consume data from wherever. And, um, and so that leads to, to what I believe will be a productivity-based work week, which I know the four-day work week is a big push um, I think California might have already done it. Um, so what are your thoughts on the four-day work week before we dive any further into it? Like, do you think it's a real possibility? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, in this, this day and age, I don't see why we don't have, you know, a, a nationwide four-day work week. I mean, the, there's no reason why it shouldn't be possible. And, but, I mean, I think even that is limiting. I, I think it's just all about flexible work. You know, if, if someone can get what they need to get done in three days, you know, I mean, more power to them. But I think a, a four-day work week is a good start, you know, down the right path for sure. I mean, and we see some people, companies trying to slowly push towards that with like meeting-free Fridays or meeting-free Mondays as a way to kind of reclaim that time. And with all this stuff and technology that we have, you know, Power Platform included to really automate a lot of our jobs too, and there's really no reason why we can't condense that down and, and have a four-day work week. Yeah, we do a summer Friday. So between Memorial yeah. Day and uh, Labor Day that we have the, it's it, you're on call in case anything were to happen. Yeah. It's very rare that anything happens on a Friday that, you know, doesn't have to, can wait, like that can wait till Monday. Uh, but we don't have any internal meetings and we don't do anything like that. And, and it, it gives people, people are a lot happier, I feel like. I feel like the workforce, yeah. Is you know? Do you have you guys experiment experimented with that at all at Microsoft, or is your team doing? Is that like a team by team basis thing at Microsoft? Uh, yeah, I mean it can be a team. You know, especially the like meeting free Fridays is like a team by team type basis. Um, you know, I would love to see us like you know uh, company wide more move to a four day work week. I mean, we're I think the U.S. is one of the few companies or a few yeah. states, I'm sorry, or countries, if I could speak, um, that really has a, a five-day work week these days. I think a lot have kind of shifted um, to, to four-day work week. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely definitely team by team. I've experimented with uh, the meeting-free Fridays. It works 
pretty well. Um, but yeah, I think across the board, if we could just shift that to a complete four day work week, um, a lot of people would, would be happier. I mean, everything that I've seen, um, people are much happier when they have that extra downtime and can compartmentalize their work and not have to, to worry about spreading it all out in a five day work week. Yeah. Change is a hard thing, mm-hmm. uh, for people that I have a, there's a really good book that I have, and I don't know where it is now. I went to look for it, and it's not there. But it, oh, here it is. Change. It's called Change Monster by um, Jeannie Daniel Duck. And it's all about this change monster that people are afraid of when really implementation is it's an emotional thing more so than, than technology. Power apps, power automated, power BI, power virtual agent, you know, name power platform application. It's going to help your organization and you're going to be more productive and you're going to have data wherever you want it. And it's not necessarily the implementation of the tech that's the hard part. It's the getting the, everybody else. It's dealing with the human emotion about this. And I, that's how I look at the workforce too, is that, look, it, you can work four days a week. I think that we are eventually going to see a zero day work week where it, you have the set of requirements um, we, we run DevOps, and so DevOps is really just, hey, you have two weeks to run. Uh, you know, you have your two-week sprint, and if you get it done, you get it done, and, you know, it, that's what it is. It's, it's you have your deliverables, and it's all deliverable-based, and, you know, when things come in, you're communicating with your teams and everything like that around specific items, less of, hey, when would you clock in? Uh, when, are you, yeah. when are you clocking out kind of a thing? And the Power Platform helps us do that. We have all of our internal things built on power apps and uh, we, you know, we watch all your YouTube videos. And so we make sure that we're doing them the April Dunham way. Uh, but how far can we take that? Is, is a zero day work week possible? I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I guess, you know, too, like on, on my team here, we, we kind of have a concept of that, you know, it's just all about like, just you know, we have our commitments, we have our work to do. And like what you were saying, you know, if you have a two week spritz and this is what you need to get done, you get it done in time, then um, how you spend the rest of your time is um, is up to you. So if I want to spend that learning and catching up on technology or just taking a little bit of downtime, I mean, I, I think we can definitely move to having the freedom to do things like that and be able to, you know, just work when you want to work, you know, and then making sure that you get your work done and that's that's really all that matters you know ultimately and i guess certain industries though that's easier said than done you know there's might be some where it's, it's harder to shift to that model obviously and you know the the tech industry it's it's fairly easy but um and some where you still kind of have to clock in clock out and all that it might be a little bit tougher to get there yeah there are certain industries where some of these things that we're talking about are more applicable tech obviously i believe it's like the thought leader industry i think is what Microsoft calls it, or they call it something where it's essentially, yeah. if you think for a living, uh, then it, you're a lot easier to be more adapted to the remote or remote, like architects or um, engineers, uh, techs, um, developers, designers, those types. Of, whereas w- you and I could be in the same room, April, and we never talk all day, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in the development uh, worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Developers, we're, we're very much put some headphones on and sit there in the dark kind of a, kind of people. So it, it's not out of the, it's not really a break in a different way of doing things to, to work remotely, whereas maybe like some of the trades, um, mm-hmm. it, it gets a little harder, but you could still just never have that central point you don't have to go to the office to wait for your next ticket. There are applications exactly. that can do that, you know? 
So with the Power Platform, and so I'm, I'm going to, you know, I, I did give you a little bit of heads up on what we were going to be talking about, which you, you've done it masterfully. And, then, and I kind of left the last bit open a little bit where I was saying, you know, how can the Power Platform help people, you know, work wherever? And how can we further this conversation to say, okay, you know, somebody listening is like, you know, I want to, I want to do this. I want to go on vacation. I want to just work from my backyard. You know, there. Are, what are some ways that the power platform can enable organizations to to take that first step? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle here. I mean, you mentioned Power BI earlier. I think that's a core component that can really help us in our, you know, working from home kind of journey here and moving more towards that because it's important to understand where are we spending our time um, and kind of have that the analytics back it up and, and figure out where we need to, to shift and what's taking up a lot of our time. Like um, I just got back um, a little bit ago from Scottish Summit and I attended an interesting session from one of our community members, uh, Lindsay Shelton. And she was kind of talking about how we can take our outlook event information. We can use categories to say, okay, this is, um, you know, like a training type thing, or this is a team meeting, whatever, and use those categories and report off of that in Power BI to really see where you're spending a lot of your time. Like maybe I'm spending too much time in meetings that I'm only on the CC line. Like I don't really need to be involved in that meeting and really getting those deeper insights to, to see how to prioritize your time so that we can move towards say a four day or even um, zero day work week by figuring out where to best utilize our time. So that's one really important aspect. And another thing, big part of that is like Viva Insights, not necessarily Power Platform, but it uses Power BI to kind of get some of those analytics um, as well. And then Power Automate. I mean, you can't talk about working from home without talking about Power Automate and how we can automate some of our tasks. And I think it's important to say, it's not just the business things that we want to automate. It can be the personal side of it. Cause like if we're working from home and if you haven't worked from home before, you have kids, you know, they're noisy. You have like a spouse and they might just barge into your room at any time. So that's been one of my most helpful things for working from home is using Power Automate to have a simple light outside my door, you know, to say, I'm in a meeting, don't come in here, right? And so it reads my calendar and automatically does that. So there's personal things that can make your work from home life easier that the Power Platform can help with than the business side, like being able to quickly set up a meeting. Like I use the Teams integration for Power Automate all the time where I can do a message extension and just click a button and say, if someone messages me, like schedule a meeting with this person, right? I love that video that you've posted around the light that you have that reads your calendar. It's like when the meeting starts, it it sends a, uh, it's an HTTPS push, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was going through your channel because we do watch your channel and um, we- Well, thanks. (laughs) A lot actually. (laughs) And- um, (laughs) And the that when that one came up, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. Like this is, it's such a game breaker because you, you sometimes I, I do have a door on my office, but it, I don't always lock it. You know, if I get up and go get a drink of water or something like that, because um, I do have kids, I have four of them. They've been pretty good during this recording, um, but they're not always. And if I'm yeah. on the call with, you know, and insert anybody, there's a pretty high probability. I loved that video. So what made you think of that? Was that just like, were you, were you just like exploring it out or was it like a test project or 
Um, well, so the power automate integration, I thought, of, but the actual idea of like having some kind of light outside, I think it was a Scott Hanselman blog post from like ages ago, actually, where mm-hmm. he was kind of showing like he had some kind of string light outside his door. So I was just thinking, and I don't remember what he was using. He wasn't using the power platform to do the automation. Um, but I thought, man, I could use power automate for this. I could read my calendar. And then so I took it as you know, a different way, and I found this on-air sign, which I really liked. So just plugged that into um, a smart plug because I already I was super into the smart home automation stuff to begin with. So this was just another reason to, to go down that path. And then I read that um, from Power Automate with an HTTP action and just, yeah, tried it out and happened to work. It's pretty cool. I'm looking over on my um, bookcase right now because I have I brought my smart plug over here um, to do that. I haven't made it all the way through because you used a different smart plug than I did. So I had to, mm-hmm. I've been having to do some research about how to communicate with my smart plug. But that was like, that was like totally like an eye opener for me was, look, you can do more with Power Automate than just sending emails, right? There, There's more than just the push notification of, which is where our minds go for how to communicate and how to convey what the power what power automate can do but there's so much that it it can do and including talking with smart home devices you could dim the lights you could walk into a meeting and say you know hey cortana you join the meeting and it dials into the teams meeting and puts the blades it blinds down and dims the lights and turns on your surface hub and you're off and running you know and that's i think that i think that's kind of the future of Power platform, even though it's kind of already he- here, but getting that idea across to organizations that's like, look, like this is more than an email or a push notification, you know? Exactly. And that, I mean, that's the reason why I did that video. I think, just as you explained, a lot of people think of the businessy side, the yeah, sending the emails and not the the other side of the story. And like a, a while back too, I did an integration with um, an Alexa skill to be able to call and read back my task and stuff like that, just to show like, this is possible for like personal use beyond the typical use cases that we think of when we think Power Automate. Right, like get creative. Look what I can do, now take this and run with it. You know, A lot of your videos are like, this is how you do this. But I get the sense that the videos that you have been doing are to get people thinking more so than a specific thing. It's more, and I feel like that's what advocacy really is, is right? Is here's an example of something yeah. that's really cool and take it and run with it. Exactly. I mean, we can't, we're, there's just not enough people in the day to just do a tutorial on the step by step, complete on, mm. you know, how to do everything. It's more, um, you know, s- spreading awareness and then getting people excited about something so that they want to explore. Well, if she can automate a light outside her door with this, what else can I do with it? Can I like integrate with IoT devices? You know, just you got to get your mind thinking of all the other possibilities and you take it from there. And I love hearing the stories of like, oh, you did this video on X, look what I did as a result of this, that stuff I wouldn't have even thought of. Yeah. So to that point, you did a uh, room. Uh, booking app. Oh yeah, I believe. Yeah. So I, uh, our our company, we do business with the federal government, and I won't name what agency it it, it is. But we were in a meeting, and uh, we were talking about ways that we we're going to build out the power apps because in the federal government there is uh, a shortage of seats and desks that you can sit at, um, and so we were we were tasked to build a 
um, a hoteling application. So I had actually built it previous to to COVID when people were going into the office and we had like remote days, you know, certain days and you had to book yeah. a seat because there was more employees than there were seats. And so post COVID we were coming, we were coming back and we we're looking to ways to enhance this. And um, somebody brought up there like, has anyone looked at Lauren Dunham's uh, power app to see if we could utilize that? And I was like, Absolutely, actually, I have. Yeah, so a version of that app that you have the um, the I think it's a conference room scheduler app. I believe is what it is. Yeah, is that what it is. Yeah, yep. that that is powering somewhere in the the federal government right now of how they where they sit. So well, that's awesome. Yeah, no, your your stuff is is uh, is is really great, and it's, it, that's the kind of stuff that members should be looking at when they're. If you guys are looking for a playbook of how to do something, then you know that's one thing. But if you're looking for how can we just try new things and, and learn new ideas, that's what really I feel like April and a lot of members in the community do really, really, really well, is you'll, you'll show something and you take that and run with it. Uh, and I love the free resources that you put out there with the apps and everything like that. And I, I, uh, we're big fans over here of April Dunham. So. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, nothing like an awkward goodbye like that, right? We're just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so, Making me blush. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, April, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on again. This is. Uh, I always have fun nerding out with you. So it is. Uh, it is one of my. I've been looking forward to this conversation for for since we finished the first one. To be honest with you, and I, I really appreciate it. And is there anything that you want to plug? I'm glad you brought up Microsoft Viva because. That that was actually going to be one of my questions, but yeah, if you guys haven't checked out Viva, make sure you guys go do that. Uh, but is there anything you want to plug before we uh, put a bow on this? Oh gosh, no, that, that I didn't think of. I just I would just say explore the Power Platform, um, and then also you know Viva Forms. All of those tools are going to help you, you know, be able to work from home and do this remote work stuff even more efficiently. And just uh, yeah, get inspired. Look at some of the stuff the community produces and what they're doing with the tools and see how you can make that uh, happen for you and your work from home journey. Awesome. Thank you so much, April. Very much appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, guys, there goes April Dunham. Again, back-to-back guests. She was she was uh, on the, the previous uh, podcast, and now she's she's graced our presence uh, again. So that was uh, that was an awesome conversation. Make sure you guys are checking out her stuff uh, on YouTube. Type in April Dunham uh, in YouTube and check out all of her videos. So you can reference all the cool stuff that she's doing over there and all the stuff that we were just talking about. Also, go to YouTube and look at Capital Presence, capital with an O. Uh, you can check out all of our old YouTubes there. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, uh, and then you can go to to goworkwherever.com to listen to all previous episodes, check out some of our free resources and see some of the power apps that we've been building. So guys, thanks for hanging out. Until next time, see you.